by inch he worked his way through the dam burrowing and gnawing over and under the timbers and always through the cement the round hole he made was fully seven inches in diameter in six hours he had cut it through the five-foot base of the dam a torrent of water began to rush from the pond as if forced out by a hydraulic pump kazan and gray wolf were hiding in the willows on the south side of the pond when this happened they heard the roar of the stream tearing through the embrasure and kazan saw the otter crawl up to the top of the dam and shake himself like a huge water rat within thirty minutes the water in the pond had fallen perceptibly and the force of the water pouring through the hole was constantly increasing the outlet in another half hour the foundations of the three lodges which had been laid in about ten inches of water stood on mud not until broken tooth discovered that the water was receding from the houses did he take alarm he was thrown into a panic and very soon every beaver in the colony was tearing excitedly about the pond they swam swiftly from shore to shore paying no attention to the deadline now broken tooth and the older workmen made for the dam and with a snarling cry the otter plunged down among them and out like a flash for the creek above the pond swiftly the water continued to fall and as it fell the excitement of the beavers increased they forgot kazan and gray wolf several of the younger members of the colony drew themselves ashore on the windfall side of the pond and whining softly kazan was about to slip back through the willows when one of the older beavers waddled up through the deepening mud close on his ambush in two leaps kazan was upon him with gray wolf a leap behind him the short fierce struggle in the mud was seen by the other beavers and they crossed swiftly to the opposite side of the pond the water had receded to a half of its greatest width before broken tooth and his workmen discovered the breach in the wall of the dam the work of repair was begun at once for this work sticks and brush of considerable size were necessary and to reach this material the beavers were compelled to drag their heavy bodies through the ten or fifteen yards of soft mud left by the falling water peril of fang no longer kept them back instinct told them that they were fighting for their existence that if the embrasure were not filled up and the water kept in the pond they would very soon be completely exposed to their enemies it was a day of slaughter for gray wolf and kazan they killed two more beavers in the mud close to the willows then they crossed the creek below the dam and cut off three beavers in the depression behind the windfall there was no escape for these three they were torn into pieces farther up the creek kazan caught a young beaver and killed it late in the afternoon the slaughter ended broken tooth and his courageous engineers had at last repaired the breach and the water in the pond began to rise half a mile up the creek the big otter was squatted on a log basking in the last glow of the setting sun to-morrow he would go and do over again his work of destruction that was his method for him it was play but that strange and unseen arbiter of the forests called Oiki, the spirit by those who speak the wild tongue looked down at last with mercy upon broken tooth and his death-stricken tribe for in that last glow of sunset 
Kazan and Grey Wolf slipped stealthily up the creek to find the otter basking half asleep on the log. The day's work, a full stomach, and the pool of warm sunlight in which he lay, had all combined to make the otter sleepy. He was as motionless as the log on which he had stretched himself. He was big and gray and old. For ten years he had lived to prove his cunning superior to that of man. Vainly traps had been set for him. Wily trappers had built narrow sluiceways of rock and tree in small streams for him. But the old otter had foiled their cunning and escaped the steel jaws waiting at the lower end of each sluice. The trail he left in soft mud told of his size. A few trappers had seen him. His soft pelt would long ago have found its way to London, Paris, or Berlin, had it not been for his cunning. He was fit for a princess, a duke, or an emperor. For ten years he had lived and escaped the demands of the rich. But this was summer. No trapper would have killed him now, for his pelt was worthless. Nature and instinct both told him this. At this season he did not dread man, for there was no man to dread. So he lay asleep on the log, oblivious to everything but the comfort of sleep and the warmth of the sun. Soft-footed, searching still for signs of the furry enemies who had invaded their domain, Kazan slipped along the creek. Gray Wolf ran close at his shoulder. They made no sound, and the wind was in their favor, bringing scents toward them. It brought the otter smell. To Kazan and Gray Wolf it was the scent of a water animal, rank and fishy, and they took it for the beaver. They advanced still more cautiously. Then Kazan saw the big otter asleep on the log, and he gave the warning to Gray Wolf. She stopped, standing with her head thrown up, while Kazan made his stealthy advance. The otter stirred uneasily. It was growing dusk. The golden pool of sunlight had faded away. Back in the darkening timber an owl greeted night with its first low call. The otter breathed deeply. His whispered muzzle twitched. He was awakening, stirring, when Kazan leaped upon him. Face to face, in fair fight, the old otter could have given a good account of himself. But there was no chance now. The wild itself had for the first time in his life become his deadliest enemy. It was not man now, but Oiki, the spirit that had laid its hand upon him. And from the spirit there was no escape. Kazan's fangs sank into his soft jugular. Perhaps he died without knowing what it was that had leaped upon him. For he died, quickly, and Kazan and Grey Wolf went on their way, hunting still for enemies to slaughter, and not knowing that in the otter they had killed the one ally who would have driven the beavers from their swamp home. The days that followed grew more and more hopeless for Kazan and Grey Wolf. With the otter gone, Broken Tooth and his tribe held the winning hand. Each day the water backed a little farther into the depression surrounding the windfall. By the middle of July only a narrow strip of land connected the windfall hummock with the dry land of the swamp. In deep water the beavers now worked unmolested. Inch by inch the water rose. 
until there came the day when it began to overflow the connecting strip. For the last time, Tazan and Grey Wolf passed from their windfall home and traveled up the stream between the two ridges. The creek held a new meaning for them now, and as they traveled they sniffed its odors and listened to its sounds with an interest they had never known before. It was an interest mingled a little with fear, for something in the manner in which the beavers had beaten them reminded Kazan and Grey Wolf of man. And that night, when in the radiance of the big white moon they came within scent of the beaver colony that Broken Tooth had left, they turned quickly northward into the plains. Thus had brave old Broken Tooth taught them to respect the flesh and blood and handiwork of his tribe. End of chapter 20 of Kazan by James Oliver Curwood Recording by Leonard Wilson of Springfield, Ohio